Johnson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. So this week has been, it's been really quiet. No Brewer games, obviously. Nothing with the Packers, nothing with the Bucks. The All-Star break, the MLB All-Star break has been fun, but we've had flexibility. We've had time to talk about a lot of fun topics. We've been talking about the U.S. Uh, women's national team uh, and their back-to-back World Cup win. We talked wrestling on Tuesday. Uh, and today, the, the awesome topics, the awesome athletes, the awesome sports uh, keep going. This week's been so much fun. Today, we have to talk... Uh, a little bit of roller derby because we're joined by Twitch and and Balzer, my friend over on Z93, originally said, do you want to talk to some roller derby people? Because they have a huge bout going on next weekend. They can come in. And I said, absolutely, that would be fun. So Twitch, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for coming in. And originally we were going to have one of your teammates as well. Uh, you were describing to me the, the team, uh, your teammates. It sounds like you have a lot of different personalities, a lot of different people. And you all have different nicknames too. Like you were talking about your uh, roller derby alter ego as Twitch. Like, like, tell me about your history. You said you've been them with them for a long time. Yeah, I've been uh, out of the eleven seasons. I've been with them ten seasons. So I'm considered like the 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 old goat of the of the team. Sure. So um, veteran or yeah, senior citizen. So, um, but yeah, we're like a big family. We come from all different walks of life where we probably wouldn't interact with each other had we not come to derby. And we've found the derby team and we just have a, a big family so so what originally got you into roller derby because i that that might seem like an like an interesting a lot of people play bar league softball yeah, yeah. right like roller derby is 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 a little bit different and, and is, you speak yeah. as if you get all of you and and your your teammates have had so much fun and you you've met each other because of derby how did you or how do most people get into derby in the first place well you just kind of lose the you lose the emphasis of the oomph for those bar leagues and sure. if you played a team sport in high school or college you know i've got kids i i just couldn't I couldn't be that that awesome mom and that awesome wife. I'm like, I need something for me. And I found roller derby, and it was it it transformed my alter ego, and it made me much better of a mom, an awesome wife, and then you know a really good derby player. So it just gets you out of your shell and gets you into a new group of people. That's awesome. How did you get your nickname Twitch? Is there a story behind that? <laughs> uh, there's a, so, a little some story. Yeah, have, have no story too. Like yeah, some, I, some don't. But. I, I hit a girl. I'm I'm a, I'm a very hard hitter. I hit a sure. girl once, and she kind of got knocked out and was kind of flopping around on the floor like a fish. When so, and she was sure. twitching around, and they're like, "Oh, there you go. It's your name, Twitch." And Kind of stuck, and I've been twitched for you know going eleven years. I, I don't know if that's what I was expecting, but that is an, an awesome story uh, on how to get a nickname. So uh, there's two roller derby bouts this weekend at the Omni Center. Uh, we have a bunch of tickets to give away, and then after uh, we finish up our interview, I'll, I'll let our listeners know how they can grab those. But maybe for people who have never been to roller derby at the Omni Center or anywhere else, what could they expect if they came out this weekend? So it's a it's a very upbeat type of crowd. Um, people bring signs. We have what's called suicide seats. So that's on the outside of the track where you can potentially like catch a derby girl if they, they fly into your hands. Like so courtside. Exactly. So you have to be over 18 to be able to sit in the, the courtside. But they have, you know, bleacher seats and everything. Um, very upbeat. Lots of music. We got the Pipers coming in for our halftime show. So that's, you know, kind of an upbeat type of crowd. Um, but it's it's fast. It's hard hitting. It's 
great action. I mean, Balzer is one of our announcers, and she's amazing at what she does. Um, so she's really good at explaining what we do, and we explain to the rules, and we have our brochure, which has a couple of breakdowns of the rules. So people who have never been to a bout before, they're not going to come in and go, uh, I don't that's, know what's going on. That's good right there. Yeah, and we also have what's called a slow-mo match at the, at the beginning, or slow-mo, you know, we walk it through the announcer says hey this person with the star on their helmet that's the jammer person with the you know the stripe is the pivot and you know we we break it down for for new spectators so sure and and that's that's really helpful going into a game where you don't know the athletes maybe you don't know the sport to have that mm-hmm. program or whatever yeah. uh when you walk in this is the wisco sports show here on wkty and we're going to talk a lot of uh brewers we're going to talk bucks we're even going to talk badgers later as well but this week has been so fun because we've kind of stepped back uh, and, and talked about some different things over the course uh, of this All-Star break week. One thing that you told me uh, that was awesome, Twitch, that really jumped out to me is you have athletes, you have teammates from all over the Cooley region and all over our listening area. Oh, too. yeah, definitely. We got we have skaters from Viroqua, Sparta, La Crescent, Winona, uh, Westby, West Salem. I mean, lots from La Crosse, Alaska, Holman. So just all all over the place. Everybody gets together there at the Omni Center. We practice and then we bout there. Um, you know, at least once uh, once a month. and But this is our final hurrah for season 11. Twice this weekend. So you have yeah. two bouts this weekend and, and a couple of different teams. It's not just a 1v1. It's not just two teams this weekend. There's a, a couple teams coming from different places. You Correct. Said. Yep. So there's two bouts on Saturday night and two bouts on Sunday morning. So a t- total of four bouts, actually. And the, the teams we have coming in are from uh, North Dakota, Michigan, Minnesota and us in here in Wisconsin. So you you pull a lot of uh, a lot of skaters from all over the area and competition from all over the region, which is cool. I'm learning about the Mississippi Valley mayhem as well uh, a lot. And like I said, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it this weekend. It, it sounds like a, a really cool experience. Something you were talking about with Balzer before we got started as well is you guys and your after party. Oh yeah, you, we, we have you, a good time. <laughs> you guys just kind of casually mentioned I'm like there's there's something there like the the after party uh, after roller derby just has to be awesome. So so do you go out with your fans afterwards is it just a team or, or, oh, or yeah. what's what's the scene? Well, if you work hard you got to play hard, right? Absolutely. So and we have we have many different sponsors in the area and one of our our very, you know, very Good Friends is going to be uh, Features in Holman, and that's where we all get together. We usually do the awards there, and then there's usually karaoke that night, and everybody has a couple drinks together. We have pizza. It's a great time to, you know, after you beat each other up, you cheers each other and buy each other a drink and you're good to go so that drinking and, and eating afterwards solves a, a lot of <laughs> a, a lot of problems it after is yeah. so many bouts in well essentially 24 hours because you go saturday night and then sunday morning yeah, right away yeah. that many bouts in, in that limited amount of time are you feeling it a little bit more so uh yeah compared to other weekends yeah you, you definitely start feeling it in the morning especially when we have to be at the omni center by 8 a.m on sunday morning but hey it's it's temporary pain and by the time monday rolls around you get to brag about your bruises and say what an awesome time you had this is this is awesome this is awesome <laughs> you're, you're just beating each other up on roller skates saturday night and then you're back <laughs> to do it again on sunday morning i'm like man that almost sounds like punishment uh but from everything that i hear it, it's so much fun and, and twitch coming up this weekend you said saturday night Sunday morning and at the Omni Center, we have a couple of tickets. I have eight tickets uh, to give away to listeners as well. Kids 12 and under are free. Mm -hmm. It it sounds like something with a halftime show and even seats down by the court right up where the skaters go by. It sounds like there's a little bit of something for everyone, even if you're not a sports fan. 
it's just a fun event to check out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anybody who, who wants to come and just check us out and see what's going on. Uh, we have lots of kids that come around. You know, we, we give signatures and we you know, introduce ourselves to the fans. Um, you know, we bring in local groups uh, that are sponsors. They usually have tables or booths set up. Um, and then um, other, you know, people who do crafts, they'll have a little booth set up and it's just a good time. A little bit of something for everyone. So maybe some of our listeners want to learn more. They want to get involved, but they're not available this weekend. That's the boat I am in. Yeah. Uh, where, can they find, <laughs> where can they find information? Where can they, they learn more? So you can look us up on Facebook, you know, Mississippi Valley Mayhem. We also have mvmderby.com or mississippivalleymayhem.com if you want to type it all out. Sure. Um, but yeah, we've got uh, our skater profiles, some pictures, some video, YouTube. We've been out there for 11 years, so there's lots of information out there to learn. So. 11 years and it sounds like you do a lot of good and that's one thing I wanted to talk about as well. Yeah. You were talking about everything you guys do in the community. Yeah, we are a nonprofit organization here in, in, the, in the Cooley region. So a portion of our proceeds from every single bout co- come back into the community. So this uh, bout we're donating to New Horizons. So. Okay, and, and that's a program that I think uh, multiple stations here at Midwest Family, WKTY, mm-hmm. and I know you talked about what you've done with Z93 and The Rock, uh, an organization that, that has always been around and, and we've been involved with as well. So an awesome cause. And and thank you, Twitch. We're going to give away some of these tickets to listeners. So hopefully we have listeners of the show and of WKTY uh, at multiple bouts this weekend. Twitch, thanks for, for hanging around and yeah, telling me Yeah, thanks a for bit. having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So coming up next, I'll tell you how you can win a lot of these tickets. We, we have eight of them. Uh, and if somebody has eight friends to go, you can have them all. I'll tell you how. Uh, coming up next, we got to talk Brewers. we got to talk Badgers. A lot to get to uh, coming up on the Wisco Sports Show. You're listening to WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host. Thanks for hanging out. Hope you're having an awesome evening. Thanks again to Twitch uh, from the Mississippi uh, Mississippi Valley Roller Derby for coming in. They have two bouts this weekend, Saturday night and Sunday morning. So if you're a morning person, just check them out on Sunday. You don't have to be out late on Saturday night if that's what you don't want. Uh, check out all uh, they have to offer their website, obviously, MississippiValleyMayhem.com. Uh, their schedule, how you can get involved uh, to join, or to just to learn more if you want. Also on Facebook, Mississippi Valley Mayhem. I have a bunch of tickets for this weekend. If you're interested, just shoot me a text on the Five Star Telecom Talk and text line. And uh, like Twitch was talking about, you can also sit right up alongside. Uh, so just maybe, just maybe, like in the NBA, you could have a, a basketball player flop right into your lap. You can have that same experience at the Omni Center this weekend. So just shoot me a text, 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talking text line. And I got a bunch uh, of tickets for this weekend's doubleheader bout with the Mississippi Valley Mayhem. Teams coming from Rochester, from North Dakota, from Marquette, Michigan, up in the UP. So you get to see skaters from everywhere. And and something really cool that Twitch was talking about uh, and that certainly sticks with me is that the Mississippi Valley Mayhem have skaters not only from La Crosse, not Alaska, but from all over the Cooley region, Westby, West Salem, Winona, La Crescent. So really pulling uh, from athletes all over the place, which I think uh, is so cool. This week has been slow. Now, we haven't had any Brewer games to talk about. Obviously, all is quiet on the Packers front, which I actually think is a good thing. If we were talking Packers right now, it would probably be some sort of rumor some sort of injury, some sort of breaking news, but all quiet right up before training camp, which is, of course, later this month, I'd say is a good thing. So we're doing well there. No daily Brewer games, nothing too much going on with the Bucks now that free agency is quieted down. 
I was listening to Bill Michaels earlier today, and something jumped out to me. He had a rest uh, a guest on to talk about the Reds. What Cincinnati might do up until the trade deadline. You know, typical questions. Well, you know, what led to their success? What led to their failures in the first half? Are they going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? All that, all that standard stuff. So much emphasis has been put on the closeness of the NL Central, right? All four teams, all five teams within five games of each other, which is almost unheard of at this time of the year. And the implications of that are massive, right? Because all five teams right now should, if they don't, have genuine belief that they can win the Central, win the division, and and, and avoid that wild card round, and to be a pretty good spot going into the playoffs, right? There's no reason for the Pirates, the Reds, the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Cubs. There's no reason for any of those five teams to not think that. And that means the next part of the schedule is huge, right? The the All-Star break is this magical zone that before and after, the week before the All-Star break and the week after can make such a huge difference. Last year, look no further than last year, 2018. The Brewers had that five-game series with the Pirates going into the All-Star break. The Brewers lost five in a row and eventually just let slip away that big division lead that they had built over such a good first portion of the season. So that was gone to waste. And then the Pirates also got five wins in a row going into the break. Now they're feeling pretty good about themselves. They win five in a row and then have a week to think about it. And they're saying, man, we might be able to pull this thing off. So they go and trade for Chris Archer, right? If the Brewers just take care of business, win three of those five, heck, even two of those five, the Pirates might not go into the All-Star break feeling high on themselves, and they may never trade for Chris Archer. You never know. The week before the All-Star break can have such a big difference, uh, can have such a big impact. And then the week after the All-Star break, I'm going to argue, especially this year in 2019, can do the exact same. This Brewers division, the NL Central, is separated by four and a half, five games, first to second, and it's basically held there, or first to fifth, excuse me, it's basically held there for the better part of a month now this division's been that close. It's ebbed and flowed, and the Brewers and the Cubs have jumped in front of each other here and there. But for the most part, it's kind of held steady as a super competitive division. I think the elite teams playing a little bit below the waterline, and and probably the Reds and the Pirates playing a little bit better than their average. It's so bunched up going into the break. The division is so close. This next week, or, or maybe week and a half or two weeks is going to tell us so much. Because remember, the trade deadline is at the end of August. Uh, end of July, excuse me. It's July 11th right now. So we're not quite halfway through July, but we're very close. And the Brewers are going to resume action tomorrow night. They're going to play the Giants 7 o'clock. And they'll be at home, which is which is a godsend. So we don't have to wait until 9-10 to start. Only 7-10 playing at Miller Park. They have three against the Giants. They get started tomorrow. Chase Anderson will be on the hill. This series against the Giants is going to be huge, much like the first series for the Reds against Pittsburgh is going to be huge. But I might argue that the next 10 days for the Pirates and the Reds are even bigger. Because right now during the All-Star break, the front office for the Reds, the front office for the Pirates, they're thinking, man, we're in this thing. We've had really good flashes in the first half. The Reds are saying our pitching's been great. Our offense has been good. The Pirates are saying, we've hung in there with the Brewers. We've hung in there with the Cubs. We've played pretty well. Why couldn't we win this division? And that's their mindset this week. Now, if the Reds go out after the All-Star break and lose 
five of seven, five of six, well, that'll probably kill that vibe real quick. If the Pirates uh, get swept, that'll probably kill that vibe pretty quick. But, 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 if the Reds have a great start to the second half, they win three series in a row, or they win seven out of ten games, oh, it's pedal to the metal now, right? If the Pirates come out, and they have a lot of success right after the All-Star break, they're saying, this wasn't a fluke. This wasn't just a good first half. Let's go get this thing. Let's make some moves. Let's bring in some talent. This next 10 days, or or two weeks, if you want to be generous, is going to be so impactful for the Reds, for the Pirates, and, and the Brewers and the Cubs, too. I think the Brewers and the Cubs probably consider themselves better teams than the Cardinals and the Reds and the Pirates. But the Brewers have a little bit of something to prove as well, as do the Cubs, right? These next 14 days, let's call it two weeks, are going to be huge because that's when the Brewers are going to decide... Is our, is our starting rotation that big of a mess? Is our bullpen outside of Josh Hader too big of a question mark? Is our offense too inconsistent? Is it going to take a Christian Yelich MVP tear in August to, to basically even put us in, in, in a conversation to win the Central? Because if that's what the Brewers figure out in the next 10 days, they're probably not going to be aggressive at the trade deadline. Hell, like we talked about earlier this week, they might even be tempted to unload Yasmani Grandal and Mike Moustakis because they're both on one-year deals. And they're probably not going to be back anyways. A lot's going to be decided in the next 14 games for the Brewers and for the Cubs. They brought in Craig Kimbrell to fix a big bullpen problem, a big closer problem as well, because the Cubs had blown so many games that they would say, we absolutely should have won. We just didn't have the closer to to finish the deal. Well, now they have that in Craig Kimbrell. After bringing in Yu Darvish in free agency and trading for Quintana, The Cubs have made all these moves. Is it going to work? Is it all going to come together? Because if it doesn't in the next couple of months, well, then the Cubs, I don't want to say soul-searching. That's so corny. That's so overdone. But the Cubs have some some problem-solving to do. Because I, I don't know. They've seemingly made a move at every corner to try to better their team. And much like the Brewers, it still feels like they're underwhelming. The next 10 days out of the All-Star break is going to decide so much because let's be real, right? There's only so many teams who can be buyers at the deadline and there's only so many teams who are clear sellers. Clear sellers. And if the Reds and the Pirates get off to a good start, well, now they're in the buyer's market as well, which takes sellers off the board, which means there's more teams competing for fewer tradable players, right? Well, now all of a sudden, the Brewers are after a starting pitcher. Well, what about if the Reds and the Pirates are also after a starting pitcher? There's only so many pitchers available. This next week or so is going to be huge. And a week before or after the All-Star break can make the biggest difference in the world. You just have to remember last year. Because I still, in my heart, believe that if the Brewers don't lose five in a row to the Pirates, if they just manage that final five games and win two or three of the five... I don't think the Pirates feel as high on themselves, and I don't think they go out and trade for Chris Archer. That's only five games. There's not really a five-game stretch the rest of the season, at least in the first half, that you can that you can evaluate your team, that you can make a decision to say, okay, we are going to go get player XYZ before the trade deadline. But the five games before the All-Star break, it's the last look you get, right? You got to sit on those four or five games all the way through the All-Star break. Much like when you start the second half, first impressions are strong, right? Haven't played baseball in, in, in 
almost a week and you come back and if you play really well, well, all of a sudden the struggles in the first half and the doubts that you had about the Brewers, those start to go away because first impressions are so strong, right? The week before the All-Star break and the week after. The Brewers kind of checked out early or that's what it looked like on the way into the All-Star break. They can make up for that. They can change the direction, the trajectory of this team. They can change the narrative if they only come out and, and, and have a really good start. I'm not saying the Brewers need to win 8 of 10. The Brewers need to crack off a big 8-game winning streak, 7-game winning streak like they started the season with. But it would be nice to getting back to winning series, right? When the Brewers have been consistently good, and they've had months where you look back, wow, what a great month for the Brewers. It hasn't been sweep, 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 sweep. You win series. You win 2 of 3. All right, let's take 2 of 3 from the Giants this weekend. And then early next week, let's try to take 2 of 3 from Atlanta. First six games are at home. Well, you got to go to Arizona to play the Diamondbacks for four. Can you get a split? Can you win three of four? And then can you come home against Cincinnati and get two of three? That would be a great first 13 games out of the shoot. And because first impressions are so strong and it's our first glimpse of Brewers baseball in, in almost a week, some of the doubts, some of the concerns about the starting rotation and the spotty offense and the bullpen outside of Josh Hader and Jeremy Jeffers, all, all of that starts to fade away just a little bit. You start to forget about that first half, right? That's so long ago. That's ages ago. The Brewers' first uh, first 13 games. The series with the, the San Francisco Giants, the Atlanta Braves. Four with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then three against Cincinnati. That's a huge stretch of 13 games. What do you need to see? What do you need to see from this Brewers team before the trade deadline? Because I think we could all agree... I'm not sure. It's not clear if the Brewers should be huge buyers or huge sellers or if they should stand pat. We need to see just a little bit more. I would argue that the 13 games coming out of the All-Star break leading up right to the series against the Cubs, which starts at Miller Park on July 26th, right after an off day. That's on ESPN. That's a night game, 7-10. Those 13 games are huge. What do you need to see in the next 13 games starting tomorrow night from your Milwaukee Brewers to, to clearly be able to say... They should go out and trade for an ace. They should go get a bat. They should go get a reliever. What would give you confidence? Let's talk about that. 608-796-2558. I'll give you my 13-day plan for the post-All-Star break 2019 Milwaukee Brewers coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show presented by Play It Again Sports. This is the Wisco Sports Show on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. My name is Grant Bills, and you can always stream the show on our mobile app and at WKTYsports.com. Lots of ways to listen, lots of ways to get connected, including the five-star telecom talk and text line, 608-796-2558. Twitter is wide open, not only during the show, but anytime the Brewers are playing, anytime uh, a sporting event is going on, tweet at me, at Keystroker Grant. I mean, or, or anytime, you don't. Brewers don't have to be playing. Packers don't have to be playing. I waste as much time on Twitter as anyone. I'm always on there. Find me at Keystroker Grant and find all of us at WKTY. The question, what do you need to see from this Brewers team? Now, I'm looking at this schedule coming out of the All-Star break. If you're just tuning in, I I really think there should be a huge emphasis on the last week before the All-Star game and the week coming out of the All-Star game or the All-Star break, right? Last year, the five games going into the All-Star break, that convinced Pittsburgh to trade for uh, Chris Archer because they won five in a row. And and starting the second half, that first impression is going to stick. 
and a really good opening stretch will put to rest a lot of the doubts, the concerns from the first half, and might make the Brewers a little bit more excited, a little bit more motivated to make some deals at the trade deadline. The, the week going in and the week coming out, really, really impactful stretches, and they can be a turning point or, or a, a start of a downward spiral for teams throughout the, the course of a regular season. So, what do you need to see from the Brewers? Because the trade deadline is July 31st, the end of July, it's the 11th right now. So the way I see it, with the Brewers getting back in action starting tomorrow night, 7-10 first pitch, you can hear it on WKTY, They'll play the Giants, Chris, or, uh, Chase Anderson on the mound. Starting tomorrow night, they have, in my opinion, a crucial stretch of 13 games. Three with the Giants, three with the Braves, four at the Diamondbacks, and then three at home against the Reds before starting a series with the Cubs. Those 13 games might be the biggest 13 games of their season. We're going to learn a lot about the Brewers, and we need to learn a lot about the Brewers. We need every piece of information we can before the trade deadline comes up around the corner, and preferably before that series with the Cubs starts on the 26th. So this is what this is what I thought of. You know, when when politicians or presidents are elected, they have a like a FDR had the New Deal, right? The New Deal, this plan over a certain amount of time. This is what we're going to do: X, Y, Z, one, two, three bullet points, right? An outline, or or, or politicians will run on. Okay, the first hundred days. I promise I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this done. Well, for the Milwaukee Brewers and for what I need to see, I was thinking our campaign is a 13-day plan. It's a 13-game plan coming out of the All-Star game. All right? This is what I am preaching. Our 13-day plan for the Milwaukee Brewers. And yes, we have the, the music to match it. Three against the Giants. Three against the Braves. Four at the Diamondbacks. And three against the Cincinnati Reds. And, and this is what I think is important. This is what I think matters before the trade deadline. The Brewers have to get this to happen. I need to see this from the Brewers in order to confidently be a buyer come the trade deadline. So here's my 13-day plan for the Milwaukee Brewers coming out of the All-Star break. Number one, every time a politician is elected or a presidential candidate is running, you always got to placate to the other side. You got to cross the aisle a little bit and say, well, they've been doing, we've been doing a really good job with this. We need to keep that going, right? It, it seems like everybody's always does that, right? Well, Jesus Aguilar's got to keep it up. It, like that's part of the 13 day plan because going into the all-star break, we saw Jesus Aguilar play really well. He had two starts uh, in the last five games. He went five for nine, three home runs and six RBIs. And he had a two home run game on July 2nd in Pittsburgh. That's been kind of the buzz over the All-Star break is, well, yeah, the Brewers kind of, they limped in. They maybe slept into the All-Star break, but is Jesus Aguilar heating up? All right, that's part of the 13-day plan. That's got to keep going, right? That's got to continue, all right? That, that's, that, that's previous. Now, in this next 13 days, this is my 13-day plan. Before that series with the Cubs, before the trade deadline, the Brewers need for Peralta or Burns or Hauser to start clicking, Okay. Now, I think it's very unrealistic and it's very lofty uh, to assume that Freddie Peralta is now going to become a a great starter or Corbin Burns is going to become a great starter or Adrian Hauser is going to get it under control and and be a great part of that rotation. They need one of those three guys to be a big contributor. My money would probably be on Adrian Hauser from everything that we've seen so far. If they can get one of those three pitchers, Peralta, Burns, and Hauser, and and all three of those players kind of come from that group of young players who have had great success in the minors, have had 
success here and there, whether it's in the bullpen or as a starter, and they're trying to put it together and become a consistent starter or, or, or staple in the bullpen. They're trying to put it together. One of those three guys has got to hit, has, has got to start playing really well over the next 13 games for me to fully believe in the Brewers, for me to fully start believing in the Milwaukee Brewers and, and have a good attitude and aggressive attitude come the trade deadline. Jeremy Jeffress, you have to get back. I, I'm not asking you to return to 2018 form. I think that's unrealistic. I think that will probably be the best year of his career. And I think his job was probably made easier by having Josh Hader, by having Corey Knable, by having Corbin Burns. And then in the playoffs where he did struggle a little bit, he had Soria, he had Cedeno. He had a lot of help in that bullpen. So his role was limited. His role was specific. And he knew what he had to do, right? His job was clear. I think it's not fair to ask Jeremy Jeffers to get back to what we saw last year. But, but, if he could get to 90% of what he was last year, meaning he could be a good to great setup guy or closer, I think ideally the Brewers would like to make Jeremy Jeffers the closer once again so they have more flexibility when and where and how to use Josh Hader. And I think Jeffers, 90% of what he was in 2018 is good enough to do that. I think it's unfair to ask him to return to 2018 form and be by all accounts, one of the best, if not the best, reliever in baseball for most of the year. I think that's too much. But to ask for 90% of what he gave us last year, I don't think that's unfair at all. And I need to see that from the Brewers in the next 13 days. I need to see that from Jeremy Jeffress before that series with the Cubs starts on July uh, July 26th. The final thing, this is my 13-day plan for the Milwaukee Brewers. This stretch coming out of the All-Star break is going to be huge, and I need you to see a couple of things. Jesus Aguilar's got to keep trending in the right direction. Either Freddie Peralta or Corbin Burns or Adrian Hauser has got to become a, a good pitcher somewhere. They cannot have the three of those pitchers floundering. That's just too many. Peralta, Burns, or Hauser, one of them's got to become a good starter or, or a very useful and impactful player in the bullpen because the three of them playing subpar baseball is not enough. Jeremy Jeffers needs to return to 90% of what he was last year. Because now, if Jeremy Jeffers gets back to that level, you have Hader and Jeffers. You have some flexibility. You can manage your bullpen differently because you're not pigeonholed to be forced to use Josh Hader come only the ninth inning to save ballgames. The final thing I need to see, my 13-day plan for the Milwaukee Brewers, Lorenzo Cain needs to continue to get healthier, strive to be completely healthy, and get on base. I don't need to see more home runs. I don't need to see more RBIs. I need to see him on base. I know his his low batting average and his struggles at the plate have been attributed to, to injuries all over the place, and he had some therapy very similar to what we saw with Ryan Braun, right? That cryotherapy, which I, I'm assuming means, like, cold therapy, right? That's what that is, right? Like, like very cold ice, very cold treatment uh, to help injuries. That's what he's been having done. That's what Ryan Braun has had done. He needs to continue to get healthier and he needs to get on base. At one point in the first half of the season, Jesus Aguilar had a better on-base percentage than Lorenzo Cain. That cannot happen. Because I think this Brewers lineup is best with Lorenzo Cain at the top, with Christian Yelich behind him, with a power-hitting Mike Moustakis, a Ryan Braun, a Jesus Aguilar. Now all of a sudden, a Yasmani Grandal, you have the meat of your order behind two of the more consistent on-base and productive hitters, Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich. But Lorenzo Ken's been beat up. He's failed to get on base. The power hasn't been there, but that's not a huge surprise. Lorenzo Kane has to get healthy, and he has to get on base. Those five things need to happen in the next 13 days. 
The date that I have circled on my calendar, and I'd circle this day as well, is Friday, July 26th. Because the trade deadline is going to be that following Wednesday, July 31st. That leaves you five days to say, okay, this is our team. In the last 13 days out of the All-Star break, we've learned this, this, and this. We've figured our team out. We have five days to manage the trade deadline. Oh, and by the way, you have a three-game series with the Cubs at home. Or a four-game series. Or a three-game series at home against the Cubs over the weekend, the 26th, 27th, 28th. You need to have your, you know what, figured out by the 25th, which is the, the, the off day before that Chicago Cubs series starts. If Jesus Aguilar can continue to trend in the right direction, if you can get something out of one of the three, Peralta Burns Hauser, if you can get Jeremy Jeffress back to 90% of what he was in 2018, and Lorenzo Cain can get healthy and get on base, if you can get those five things, then you're feeling good, you're feeling confident, you're going into that weekend series with the Cubs, ready to just beat up on them, beat up on the Cubs, and really fight for that first place in the division, and now you can approach the trade deadline with a little bit of confidence. It's one thing for the Brewers to make moves with postseason aspirations, with World Series aspirations, because you're doing it with confidence, you're doing it with a, from a position of strength, right? If you flounder through these next 13 games, the, these next two weeks, and you only halfway believe the deals you're doing at the trade deadline, they're probably not great deals, and they're probably not going to pan out. 13 days, 13 games to figure out who this Milwaukee Brewers team really is. I don't need to see a 10-game winning streak. I want to see two of three, two of three, three of four, two of three. Win series. Win more games than you're losing. Try to play yourself into a hot streak and feel some confidence going into that Cubs series and going into the trade deadline coming up Wednesday, July 31st. That's what needs to happen starting tomorrow night. That's what will sell me on this Milwaukee Brewers team. Those five things. My 13-day plan. Spent a lot of time drafting that up today. Like a bill. Like a bill in Washington, D.C. <laughs> My 13-day uh, plan. We've talked enough Brewers. We've talked enough Bucks. Heck, we've even talked a little Packers, soccer, roller derby, wrestling. We've talked it all this week. We actually haven't talked about the Wisconsin Badgers. Now, the Badgers aren't really in the headlines right now. There are no former Badgers killing it in the Summer League, but there is an almost Badger who's killing it in the Summer League. I'm talking about Tyler Harrow. I think it's fascinating. Tyler Harrow's story from Whitnall High School in Greenfield to Wisconsin, oh, never mind, to Kentucky, and now to the NBA. I want to talk a little bit about what he's doing in the Summer League and why I think it teaches us a thing or two, not negative or positive, but it teaches us a thing or two about Wisconsin basketball and how they need to approach their business and how they need to approach building their team uh, in years to come. Let's talk some Wisconsin Badgers basketball. Let's talk Tyler Harrow coming up next. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for tuning in. Been talking Brewers. We even talked Mississippi Valley Roller Derby. Mississippi Valley Mayhem. Got two bouts uh, on Saturday, one on Sunday morning as well, so it can be a fun weekend at the Omni Center. Got a bunch of tickets to give away. We've got a couple of texts on the Five Star Telecom Talking Text Line claiming those. If you want a couple, 608-796-2558. Twitch joined us earlier on in the show to tell us a little bit about everything going down, even if you don't like roller derby. There's so much going on at these bouts, halftime entertainment, something for everyone. So 
Just get some tickets. Give me a text, 608-796-2558. And if you want to check out that interview and learn a little bit more, you can go to MississippiValleyMayhem.com and go to WKTYSports.com. Check out the podcast uh, and catch that interview from earlier if you missed it. I love NBA Summer League. I think it's really fun to isolate the young, developing, mostly high-level draft picks and, and exciting developing players and just watching them in a bubble, right? In Las Vegas, in small gyms, I think it's entertaining. I think it's fun. And one of the stars so far of Summer League is Tyler Harrow of the Miami Heat. Now, that's probably a name you recognize. He played at Whitnall High School in Greenfield and was originally committed uh, to the Badgers. This was this was all the rage uh, not too long ago, right? If you will remember, uh, he committed to the Badgers in September of 2016 and almost a year later decommitted uh, on November of 2017. So over a year later, he said, all right, now I'm going to Kentucky, committed to play Kentucky. And well, it's worked out pretty well from him. 13th overall pick, a lottery pick by the Heat in last year's draft, and now he is tearing it up in the Summer League. 21.3 points, 5.3 rebounds, 4.7 assists. And, and I think, this is big. This makes a big difference, too. Outside of the statistics, he's flashing. And if you watch basketball, heck, if you watch any sport, you know exactly what I mean. It just kind of pop off the screen. Okay, well, wait a minute. Who's that guy? There's a lot of 20-point scores, or, or there are plenty of guys who have scored 20 points over the course of a summer league. But forget the stats. Forget the scorebook. Just watch. Just use your eyeballs. And if you watch enough sports or even watch a little, you you know when you can pick out a player. It's like, wow, that's what's that guy's story, right? What's her deal? They just look different, right? Tyler Harrow so far throughout Summer League has been that. He's been flashy. He's been intriguing. He's been a little bit of a surprise. And I know I'm poo-pooing the stats. I'm I'm, I'm saying just use your eyes, but his stats have been really good too, right? 21, 5, uh, and almost 5 assists as well per game. He's been pulling up from deep. Flashy shooter, entertaining player, right? Looks just different, pops off the screen. Well, he chose a big school, a, a, a Kentucky team that's turned out a lot of NBA players over Wisconsin. Worked out really well for him, right? Was a lottery pick after only one year, and now he's living in Miami, right? Enjoying the warm weather and, and, and the blue ocean. It worked out well for him. Now I, I think about Jalen Johnson from Nicolet right, who just committed, uh, I believe it was on July 4th, July 3rd or the 4th, uh, to play at Duke. Wisconsin was in his final four. There were a couple of teams. I only remember Wisconsin and Duke. Wisconsin kind of felt like a long shot, but maybe. You know, being in your hometown state, being near family and friends, that's a big deal. So you can never discount that, but he ended up choosing Duke as well. Now, he never said he was going to come play at Wisconsin and then said, okay, never mind. He simply just chose Duke right off the bat. But there's certainly a blueprint for high-level in-state recruits to say, you know what, I, I know it's my home state, I know it's my home team, I'm going to go somewhere else because I think I have a better shot at, at, at efficiently and, and cleanly becoming the best player possible and getting into the NBA as soon as possible. And it's pretty crazy to think that Tyler Harrow has gone from, in, in two or three years, a high-level recruit who was just another in-state recruit who's going to Wisconsin to, never mind, I'm going to Kentucky, never mind, I'm a lottery pick, never mind, I'm averaging 21.5 points per game in the summer league, right? Now, I look at Jalen Johnson, and, and maybe he looked at Tyler Harrow and said, worked out pretty well for him. If he went to Kentucky and immediately made the jump to the NBA, why can't I do the same thing at Duke or Kentucky? Kentucky, I'm sure, would have taken him. I don't remember what his final couple of schools are. I don't remember Kentucky being in there, but but I, I doubt that's because it wasn't an option, right? Like, five-star recruits kind of can have their pick of the litter. 
I'm not saying Wisconsin can't get high-level recruits. They get plenty of high-level recruits, especially from right here, uh, from Central, obviously, with Kobe King and now Johnny and Jordan Davis. They they do as good a job as anyone at keeping their talent in state, right? Yeah, they'll lose a recruit here and there. That happens. Who doesn't? What Wisconsin needs to do a better job of is is developing the players that they get into their system, right? You remember when the Badgers made a back-to-back Final Fours. Of course you do. Everybody does. Frank Kaminsky didn't really pop until his junior year and then exploded his senior year. Sam Decker was good his freshman year, but we didn't know. It's not like he was a nationally touted recruit. He was a Wisconsin star for what he did in the state tournament. And then the rest of the team had really good role players that had come up through the ranks, right? Duye Dukin, Josh Gosser, Zach Showalter. They were the role players. Wisconsin needs to develop players every single year. If their freshman class doesn't improve as sophomores and then get better as juniors, eventually the talent's going to drop off because you're going to have a really gradu- a really talented, really developed class graduate, and if the class behind them isn't following suit, you're going to have a drop-off. And I think that's what we saw recently with Wisconsin. Example, go back to 2017, 2018, the year they didn't make the tournament. They had good talent on this team. They had Ethan Happ. They had Brad Davison, who was, who was tremendous. Demetri Trice, who's got experience, right? He, he had uh, experience being a big part of, of this Badgers team. There's one class that I always talked about. Khalil Iverson, Charlie Thomas, Alex Illicanen, who's no longer with the team, and Brevin Pritzel, who's that same age, uh, although a, a different year of eligibility. That grade just never developed like they needed them to. If you go way back, think way back to when Bronson Canning and Nigel Hayes, Vito Brown, that last year, right? You looked at the class, that class of Charlie Thomas, Illicanen, Khalil Iverson, Brevin Pritzel, and you're saying, okay, in three years, that's going to be a squad, right? Not yet. Right now, they're just role players. Right now, they're finding their way. But in three years, they continue to develop. They continue to come up through the system. They're going to pop as seniors, and they can lead this team. Well, that never happened. Khalil Iverson was a, a good role player last year. They made the tournament, but he wasn't good enough. Right? He didn't grow to the level the Badgers needed to to compete at the highest level. The Badgers need to cultivate from within. Yeah, it's great when you can get a star like Tyler Harrow or Jalen Johnson. Obviously, both recruits they missed out on. Came close. Came down to the wire with both recruits, but not quite. The Badgers can't rely on nailing recruits like that to be competitive. To being relevant. They need to continue to develop talent like they've done in the past, right? Tyler Harrow said, this is is a quote, you can find it on his Twitter account. The first day I stepped on campus at Kentucky, Coach Cal treated me like a pro. I think I made the best decision ever to go to Kentucky. I think Wisconsin has a very clear path, a a, a very clear fit for some players. Players who think they have the potential, think they have all the talent in the world, but maybe just not yet. They need a, a good system, a good coach. They need to be in a good environment to grow, to mature, and to foster their game to get better and to get experience. And the NBA is full of guys like that. Malcolm Brogdon is one. Everybody's favorite star in L.A., Kyle Kuzma, is another, who played a couple of years at Nevada. It wasn't a one and done. There are plenty of players in the NBA who just needed a little bit of time, just needed a little bit of nurturing and, and, and time to get experience. Those are the guys that the Badgers have to, to see and say, okay, in three years, what could you be for us? If you allow us to coach you and mold you and shape you, What can you be for us as a junior or a senior? And then they need to keep maturing players like that. Wisconsin's system and the way they do things really isn't tailored for that high-level recruit who just wants to showcase themselves for a year and make the jump to the NBA. And that's not a bad thing. You can win both ways. Wisconsin needs to emphasize, alongside trying to keep their best in-state talent, in-state at Wisconsin, 
making sure they can cultivate talent, improve players every year. Because when a class graduates, you need to have talent sliding right in behind them that's ready to go. That was the problem the last couple of years. So hopefully the Badgers continue to do that. We'll we'll talk Badgers tomorrow. We'll talk more Brewers as they get back into action. A big stretch uh, for the Brewers before the trade deadline. Same time, same place tomorrow. We'll wrap up the week. Talk to you then.